This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! This is Rog with an emergency pod. All right, let's be honest. It's not really an emergency. The Premier League's just been cancelled. There are, as we've all recently discovered together, much worse things in life. But the prospect of no Bobby Firmino, white and white smile, the possibility of no farewell, a hero's farewell for David Silva, and just basic anxiety of Rebecca Lowe's separation, all of it is a symbol of a greater darkness which surrounds us. I even miss VAR. Liverpool fans up top, let me say, I feel especially for you right now. Your season of glory. That remarkable opportunity to become the first club in Premier League history to win the title before April. Yeah, you would have needed victories over Everton. Lightly, Crystal Palace, less lightly. The title may still be yours, but I will admit, uncertainty for you is an unsettling one. Life. Life, one minute you're the 1972 Dolphins undefeated. The next, you're grappling with the prospect of being the 1994 Montreal Expos. And that is life. I mean, one big takeaway, that old Bill Shankly classic quote, that football is not life and death, it's more important than that. It's just not true. Do what I'm doing and keep telling yourself, It's just going to be one long international break. It's all going to be fine. It's not fine. It's an unprecedented development. And the news of it came at 7.30am New York time this morning. The Premier League said in a statement that the Premier League, the FA, the English Football League and the Women's Soccer League have collectively agreed to postpone the professional game in England. Following a meeting of shareholders today, it was unanimously decided to suspend the Premier League with the intention of returning on April the 3rd, subject to medical advice and conditions at the time. That last line we'll get to in a minute. They added, despite the challenges, it's the Premier League's aim to reschedule the displaced fixtures when it's safe to do so. All of this follows a challenging, harrowing, chaotic sporting 24 hours. Premier League originally put out a statement last night, Thursday night, saying that the weekend games would continue. Seemed crazy. That despite the fact that the league was the only major European one insisting games would continue in front of fans. I mean, in front of fans, I now cringe. I don't know about you, when I see people on television just shaking hands. Shaking hands maybe years ago when they taped the show. But when I see hand-to-hand contact, I'm like, what are you doing? Within the hour of last night's announcement by the Premier League, Arsenal revealed that Mikel Arteta had tested positive for coronavirus. Then Chelsea added that starlet Callum Hudson-Odoi, poor kid, injury on top of injury. He'd also caught it. Leicester City had gone into self-isolation. West Ham, Everton. Bournemouth also impacted. As Rudy Gobert proved to the NBA, coronavirus doesn't discriminate. It doesn't doesn't know the difference between elite athlete and Twitter warrior sports fan. We're all susceptible. We're all in need of love. We all deserve support. And so the Premier League hastily called that emergency meeting this morning. 
it became clear overnight that, as with the NBA, there was no consensus. A number of club officials wanted to carry on. Another disagreed that you can't carry on as if normality reigned. Some voices suggested that the league should be voided right now. Probably you, Aston Villa. I mean, I hope it seems to be. Let's resume the season in April. It's putative. It's theoretical to me. The announcement of that date appears like a political tool to apply pressure to UEFA, to cancel the Euros, create room for the European League seasons to play out. In truth, we've got no idea of the medical realities. We've got no idea how the virus will spread. We have hopes. We have dreams. But we've got no idea what is going to play out in Europe. And the complications are real from so many perspectives. Legally, with the vast financial sums of money at stake at both ends of the table, it's impossible to consider who wins Champions League places if the season isn't played out. Who's relegated? Who will still be standing when the moon door of relegation closes? You can only work that out with a complete season. And there's even the definition of whether it will be the same season if there's a large break. That lack of continuity, you could challenge it and say it changes everything. So there are reasons, serious reasons to think there's a lot of debate to come. It's going to be a lot of voices self-interestedly calling for the entire season to be an old. So the pressure now falls on European football's governing body, UEFA. They'll hold an emergency meeting next Tuesday, by Zoom, I hope, to grapple with the complex problems of the Champions League, the Europa League. Next week's games already cancelled. And the big one, Euro 2020. Can that be safely played out across the European backdrop? That has been riven by the global coronavirus pandemic. Even reading that makes me sad. Dave, producer J-Dubs and I were meant to be amongst the thousands who were going to joyfully transverse the continent, savouring elite football and different country-by-country pies with a mass of celebratory humanity. That now looks highly unlikely. Bearing in mind, Real Madrid's players have already been quarantined. Juventus's Daniel Rugani has tested positive for coronavirus. We simply have no idea if football's coming back. We've got no idea about the April the 3rd date. The announcement of that date seems to me like, let's strike an optimistic note. Let's try and be positive. Potential completion. And that idea does excite me. Because if they do play out this campaign over the summer, the Premier League in June, the Premier League in July. Can I be the first to say Everton Football Club have never lost a league game that's been played in July. So bring it on. As I noted up top, Liverpool fans, I feel especially for you. It's all unprecedented territory. Football's never in its history had to grapple with this global pandemic threat. And I know Evertonians are only meant to feel schadenfreude at the possibility the season might not be completed. For the modern reality of what we're dealing with, it demands compassion. It demands love, appreciation of joy, taking nothing for granted. I truly believe that. And John Oliver came on for our holiday special. He said, if you don't appreciate Jurgen Klopp, you don't appreciate life itself. And it's true. It's true. It's been magical watching Liverpool's journey this season. Their feet. Their human collective qualities, valour, tenacity. To me, yeah, you could say we're still reigning European champions, still world champions, but 25 points clear. This is a conversation for another time. But I'll say now, the journey they have walked deserves reward.
my beliefs rooted in perhaps the only important thing I've got to say on this podcast that's worth listening to. In times of crisis, the true nature of individuals is revealed. The true nature of organisations are revealed. Which of us steps up? Which of us demonstrates kindness? Which of us attempts to bring moments of joy that can bring respite from fear? Thinks of others. All of this transcends sport. It's a question I'm asking myself a lot. Dave asking himself, producer J-Dubs, all of you, GFOP listeners, America, the world beyond our shores, ask yourself the same question now. The NBA has asked itself that question. Dallas Mavs owner Mark Cuban, Cleveland Cavaliers Kevin Love immediately stepping up, providing financial support for the arena workers whose lives are most seismically impacted by the league shutdown. Amazing. And it's going to be fascinating to watch now if Premier League teams, if Premier League players follow suit and lead by example. Remember Larkin's words. We should be careful of each other. We should be kind. Well, there is still time. You want more depressing news? Carlos Cadere, the president of US soccer, has resigned under public pressure from the majority of the national team sponsors. News upon news upon news. Dark wings, dark words. <sighs> Found this so bloody depressing. Basically, uh, because it's long been my dream to have every American talk about the sport we love, soccer. And Cadere's tearing me up. I mean, it made that come true, but for the worst of reasons. He was only bloody president for 25 months. He only became president. Because the US failed to qualify for the Men's World Cup in 2018. But this week came the revelation that legal paper submitted to federal court in Los Angeles as part of the Federation's defense on that gender discrimination lawsuit filed by the women. The US soccer's case revolved around essentially that women's soccer is less. I can't even read this. It makes me sick. That women's soccer is less skilled than men's. Less skilled than men's. In his resignation, Cadero claimed, I didn't have the opportunity to fully review the filing in its entirety before it was submitted, and I take responsibility for not doing so. Had I done so, I would have objected to the language. (sighs) Makes it worse, all of this to me. First of all, I find it hard to believe that the president, and by the way, not just the president, But the rest of the board were simply not informed. That, to me, if true, is genuinely terrifying. Cadere's decision elevated the former American midfielder Cindy Parlo-Cone to become the first female president in the history of the Federation. I did love last night, though, U.S. women national team players represented in Molly Levinson, who, full disclosure, I know well, she went to Wellesley, wonderful, wonderful Wellesley, with my wife. Molly issued a statement. Well, it's gratifying that there's been such a deafening outcry against the U.S. Soccer Federation's blatant misogyny. The sexist culture and policies overseen by Carlos Cadero have been approved for years by the board of directors. This institution must change. When I read this, I felt like I was watching Khaleesi burn down the Dothraki coals and then emerge victorious from the flames without a mark on her body. 
Ah, oh, US soccer, truly effed up in this ugly legal grind against their own women. It is right now, we've said a battle of optics as much as legal sparring. And as we've seen with our US women so many times on the field, when they come up against a badly organised defence, I mean you, Thailand, the goals will rain in. I find all of this so soul-destroying right now. We've long joked Soccer's America's sport of the future. And there's a good side to it being the sport of the future. The sport's progressive. It should be a pathfinder. It should be a beacon of all that's good. A leader that other sports follow. That other national footballing federations around the world follow. It's not right now. And I'll say this. The break gives us a chance to reset. To make wrong right. To heal. To make good. And to lead. That's it for now. God, this is a lot. Let me just say, I wish I had some good news to tell you. On a personal note, the lack of Premier League football, it hits me hard. It really does. Just the removal of a world that I've always used as a respite, as an escape, as a safety blanket to just lose myself in. To connect to others, to connect to you. I listen to Tracy Chapman's fast car. I listen to it every day. And when I listened to it yesterday, for the first time ever, the real world felt sadder than the one that Tracy was describing. So a practical question, one you're no doubt asking yourself in a world without sports, what are we meant to do with life now? Are, are we all just going to come to consensus together on one kind of Netflix show, a Hulu show, we're all going to decide that one, that's the one that we're going to binge watch together and we'll all agree to press play at exactly the same second and then just tweet away. Or we're going to sit around in our own homes and read books and talk to each other like savages. Just think about finally ordering the banjo I've long threatened to learn and master it. Make the best out of a bad situation. I think that is the thing to do. Not the banjo, but making a best out of a bad situation in every regard. And I just say, your suggestions are welcome. In that spirit, we at Men in Blazers have set up a voicemail. I love this. Through which you can leave us questions about football or about questions of less importance, like philosophy or theology, or life itself. We'll answer anything. We'll take any questions you have, and we'll respond to those questions in pod form. Reach us at the following number, 646-450-9472. Real number. This is real. 646-450-9472. I should get the cars for kids band to sing a jingle for that six four six four five zero nine four seven two so oh, i'm standing by to take your calls picture me with an old rotary phone answering all of these i will say we've had so many great calls already insightful ones hilarious ones you, you've warmed the cockles of my heart when i need it we're going to cut some pods where i answer these over the next couple of weeks call me now six four six four five zero nine four seven two the worst number since 1877 cars for kids producer j dubs also wants me to ask you what do you want to see from us if the league is cancelled email us about the content you want more of to fill this void meninblazers at gmail.com we are here for you that's it 
Let's make the best out of a bad situation together. Let's seize the opportunity to try new things, to read books. We were always meant to get round to, to stop projects we've too often postponed, to tell people we love them and tell them why. Let's take nothing for granted. Be as cool as Chet Hanks, you all. I'm going to leave you with some words from an unusual philosophical and poetic source, the Carolina Hurricanes hockey team, who last night posted the following, and I loved and needed it. The Carolina Hurricanes wrote, for so many of us, sports help us escape from real life. We form connections and we build communities. Just because sports have been paused, the communities remain. As life continues to change, remember your family, remember your friends, remember your team. Treat that community with compassion and selflessness. We are all in this together and we will always be there for you. Be safe and we will be sharing special moments again soon. Oh, I love you, Carolina Hurricanes. From me, Rog, from all at Men in Blazers, to you, wishing you strength, health, joy, love. Be safe, be sensible, and courage. <laughs>